0: So you'll note that I hadn't given my testimony, and I was waiting till the broadcast came back on. So, uh, but I wanna just before I get started, I wanna thank the Lord. Um, this is almost—we're almost at the one-year anniversary that I've been the pastor of the church, and so most since January 9th of last year, um, and it's been a great blessing to be the pastor uh, and to—and just the way the Lord's worked and. And just provided and done. And we have so many, so many people in the church that just throw in a helping hand here and there, let alone take on huge, monstrous projects and take care of entire retaining walls, whatever. Um, You know, uh, it was funny. We have a lot of kids in the nursery, and I thought this was amazing. Because they were working on the, they were working on the on the schedule, and they needed so many ladies, and they're splitting them up on both sides and everything. And Melanie goes, "Yeah, we've got, I don't remember the number. I think it was like 40 ladies or something ridiculous like that." And I was like, "Are you kidding me? We got 40 ladies working in the nursery? Like, even I know that's like, you know, you're you're not back there every service. Obviously, we don't need 40 people. But praise the Lord, that makes that a whole lot easier." Uh, ladies, thank you for that. I mean, that's just simple, and I know it's not that simple back there with the, with the mob we have in the nursery some days, uh, but I just praise the Lord. Something like that that just makes it so much easier for people to sit in the service, listen, be able to focus so that they can get something and you only have to take a couple of turns a month, that is a that is a blessing uh, with a lot of hands on that between that and uh, just Brother Larry helping rewrite the entirety of the Hope curriculum, uh, which was completely unplanned. That was an unplanned event for Brother Larry and I, and uh, and Shannon and, and Don and Steven and all the guys putting in input and us trying to figure out what we're going to do. That was totally unscheduled. That was not in our plans this year, and the Lord was great and has helped out a lot with that. We're still working on it, but uh, just amazing to me, and and. You know, Brother Ryan was saying about the ability we have, and that's, that's due to the outlook that Pastor Legault had uh, just to have so many men ready to go at a moment's notice. And, I mean, we haven't, I don't know if we've duplicated, maybe Brother James, did you go twice down to Frankfurt? I think Brother James might be the only person, maybe, yeah, Pastor Legault I think only went once, that's been down to Frankfurt. Uh, we've just, we've filled in for over two months And we haven't, we we've barely repeated men to have been able to go. And I still had some that I said, well, I could call on them and I could call on them, but sometimes we've got other obligations on Sundays and they're taking care of things here, and we can't we can't do all that. But it's amazing to me how we have all of that. And on top of that, my kids, my wife, the ministry, everything. The Lord's just been so good. He has been so good and his, his, his blessings upon us are innumerable, and if we would try to reckon in order all the things that God has done, you'd run out of time, you would run out of space. The world itself could not contain the volume of books that should be written, and that's just the truth, and that's just in one individual's life, let alone in all of ours, and so what a wonder it is. If you would grab your Bibles, turn to Psalm 37. And uh, it's interesting, this may go with about all of the testimonies tonight, um, between all the things, little pieces here and there. I do have a poem that doesn't necessarily go along with the message, but I really liked it for the new year. I thought you'd enjoy it. Most of you know I'm a big fan of Annie Johnson Flint, and she seems to come out with some of the best poems and the best short stories that I have some of the best that I have, I have read. And uh, she has one called One Day at a Time. One day at a time, with, all, with its failures and fears, with its hurts and mistakes, and with its weakness and tears, with its portion of pain and its burden of care, one day at a time we must meet and must bear. One day at a time to be patient and strong, to be calm under trial and sweet under wrong. Then its toiling shall pass, and its sorrow shall cease. It shall darken and die, and the night shall bring peace. One day at a time, but the day is so long, and the heart is not brave, and the soul is not strong. O thou pitiful Christ, be thou near all the way. Give courage and patience and strength for the day. Swift cometh his answer, so clear and so sweet. Yea, I will be with thee, thy troubles to meet. I will not forget thee, nor fail thee, nor grieve. I will not forsake thee. I will never leave. Not yesterday's load we are called on to bear, nor the morrow's uncertain and shadowy care. Why should we look forward or back with dismay? Our needs, as our mercies, are but for the day. One day at a time, and the day is his. He hath numbered its hours, though they haste or delay. His grace is sufficient, we walk not alone. As the day, so the strength that he giveth his own. Whew. Tell you what, one day at a time, we get awful worried about all the things in the future and all the failures of the past. But the truth is, all you've got to worry about is today. And the Lord is sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And he'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so he's there through the trials and the troubles and through the great times and through the hard times. Praise the Lord. We've got a wonderful God who goes ahead and meets with us. And deals with us and helps us and walks with us and encourages us and comes on by. And what a wonder. Marvelous. Marvelous. Uh, Psalm 37. And verse number 4. One wonderful verse most of you probably haven't memorized. But uh, Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. You know, uh, you get going down toward the end of the, end of the year, right? And uh, I, last week was Christmas. And, you know, hopefully the lost people, hopefully not the saved people, but the lost people, right? They go, they go down to the mall and they go see Santa Claus and they put their kid on Santa's knee. And, and Santa pulls him up, you know, and, you know, the, the charlatan that he is pulls him up and says, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, what do you desire ultimately is the question. What do you want? And he asks them over and they come up with all their great lists and all the things. And some of you may have, may have told your loved ones and friends and people of things that you wanted for Christmas and all the things. Uh, and, you know, I, I asked for, of course, of course, I asked for a Milwaukee <laughs> laser distance measure. <laughs> 150 feet away, I can go ahead and measure to within an eighth of an inch without having to grab a tape measure. Praise the Lord. Brother Mike is very happy about that. Come in real handy doing all those cans in his house. And you you say, uh, wh- did you get it? I did. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I didn't have to buy that one. It's one of the tools I didn't have to buy. Praise the Lord. You say, what do you? Do? You say, how did they know? Because Melanie told them. That's one of the things that I really wanted, and so my family, they took care of that one for me. Uh, and so you say, what? What are you getting to? Well. He says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, we're at the end of the year. This is the last message ultimately I'll be preaching this year. I have one more message at least tonight. And uh, you get the idea as they look back, and we look back over our, our last year. What did you desire? What did you want last year? We didn't really think about it probably very much of really what was our end goal. What were we hoping to gain spiritually especially this year? Some people look around, well, I, want, I wanted to get a house. I wanted to get wealth. I wanted to get this. I wanted to get that. Most of them temporal things. The Christian's life isn't temporal though. We look toward the spiritual and the answer is, well, what do I want to gain on the spiritual? What is my wish list, if you would? What do I want for 2024? If I could could desire something of the Lord to be incorporated into my life coming into 2024, if I could grow in that area of my life, what would it be for you? The Lord wants to grant the desires of your heart. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Well, if you want to delight yourself in the Lord, you want to make God happy. Okay, well, then what would be your desire? I've got four things. I could do six, seven, eight, but I got four things that I thought, man, if we could gain that, if every individual in the church could gain these four things, boy, if we could grow in these four spots right here, what a wonder, what a wonder it would be. And I think these are four things the Lord would be pretty happy to go ahead and give us if we desire them. You know, it's strange that we as Christians and just as people, whatever we desire, we can go after, we can figure out the things to get the things that we always want. Let's face it, if they didn't buy me my laser distance measure, I'd have figured out how to get it, (laughs) right? That's what we do. We figure out how to get the things that we desire to have. The desires that we have, the things that we long for, the things that we want, we want to get it. But oftentimes they're more the physical things and less the spiritual. And the sad reality is that we don't plan, we don't plan to grow next year. That's not the plan. We don't think about it. We don't think, how can I get better next year than I am this year? How can I get closer to God? How can I, what should I want in my life to make me better? To make me into what God wants me to be. We oftentimes, as we uh, deal with people, as we talk, Pastor Legault and I, counseling for you know, a number of years now, one of the big things that I deal with when I'm dealing with counseling in any situation ultimately is, well, what's your goal? What do you want? Uh, You're meeting with me. We're talking. What do you want to gain? Like, What do you want? Where do we want to go right here? Uh, if someone comes to me for discipleship, that's it. We can figure out the goal, right? We can, we can go ahead and we start working through and we start learning and we start doing. Someone comes for marriage counseling. Well, what do you want fixed? fix? What's going on? What are the problems? What are the issues? How do you want your home to be? How do you want your life to be? Christians all the time, right? Young people, they come in. Well, you know, uh, I, I want a spouse. I want to be married. Okay. What do you want in a spouse? What's the goal? What are you looking for? Okay, how do you get those things? Well, you get those things by being what God wants you to be. So how do you become what? What's the goal? We try to focus people to a goal. But the Christian, most of the year, you know what we do? We have no intention of getting to a goal. We, we, we don't really put it down as, can I be better than this? We go, well, I'm growing and I'm reading and, I'm, and those are all good things. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, and you'll grow naturally. If you show up to church and you you read your Bible and you pray and you're a witness and you're trying to do right and you're trying to change and do what the Lord asks you to do, you'll grow, right? That's automatic. But how much more would you grow if you grew with a purpose? If you grew because you're choosing to grow that direction, you're purposely, so it's kind of like the difference between uh, going ahead and dropping a plant in the ground and leaving it and instead going ahead and putting fertilizer on it. Right? It's the guy who the, 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 the steward comes and uh, or, or the master comes and he sees the fig tree and it's three years and I haven't gotten any figs. Tear it out and the, the guy goes, wait, wait, wait. The steward of the vine, he's going, hang on. Let me, let me dig it and dung it, right? Let me do some things, what on purpose, to do what? To make it give me fruit. And if that doesn't work, cut it down. Give me one more year, but let me get some work into it before we just chop it down and forget the cost, all right? How much more would we have? How much more fruit could we get if we focused on some things where we go, you know what, I could do that and I could put that in my life. And if I just kind of started working on that, area of my life, I could grow. I could grow a little better right there. Focus on it. And so let's have a word of prayer. And uh, I think I can do all four of them uh, tonight. Let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the night. And I thank you for those that are here. I pray you would bless them for coming out tonight. I pray for the fellowship time and the, and the time we have together that you would bless it. And Lord, help us to have uh, a wonderful time of fellowship and unity tonight. I pray that you would... Uh, Once again, just bless us, Lord, for those who, who can't stay or couldn't be here tonight, I pray you would just give them a blessing, Lord, take care of them, meet their needs. And Lord, I do pray once again that Jesus Christ will be praised, honored, and glorified. Lord, bless the last part of our 2023. And Lord, I pray your hand would be all over 2024 and just blessing and taking care of and meeting the needs of your people. And Father, we pray especially that we'd hear a trumpet sound. Father, even before the night is out, we'd take one. But Lord, if not. I pray you'd help us to be faithful till you come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Look over at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. You know, there are are some verses in the Bible we don't really enjoy, right? Uh, Shannon, Shannon gave one earlier, right? The pair to that is, let patience have her perfect work. I don't want to. Um, I am impatient. I don't want patience to have her perfect work. I would much rather do it myself. Amen? Uh, That's the the thought, right? Well, there's certain verses we don't really like. When we're going through troubles and we're going through problems and things aren't going well, and someone walks up and gives us Romans chapter 8, verse number 28, we also are kind of like, thanks, right? We don't really enjoy it. But the truth is, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, we all know. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Uh, How about this? How about you would want to, uh, how about you desire next year to go ahead and have faith to actually accept God's plan for you? God's got a plan. Could you imagine that you actually would be okay and yield to that idea? Go ahead and accept that God's got it. Wonderful poem. I've been reading, I've been reading, I'm sorry. So you get, you get a little extra poems. I'm not normally a poem guy, but I like this. My life is but a weaving between my Lord and me. I cannot choose the colors. He worketh steadily. Ofttimes he weaveth sorrow, and I in foolish pride. Forget he sees the upper, and I the underside." Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. That's true. You realize God is looking over the entirety of your life and he is going to have certain things in your life move you in a direction. And though it may be hard times and though it may be sorrowful and though it may be pains and though it may be things that take your patience and your long suffering to another level, could you, could you resign to the fact that God has a plan and that it's okay? We struggle with that. Our pride rises up and goes, this is not fair. This isn't right. I don't like it. I don't deserve it. I don't think this is how it should be. God, it's not fair to me. God, why couldn't you have just had this happen? God, why couldn't you just answer this way? God, why is it like that? How come I can't just? How come? And God looks down and says, Am I the potter? (laughs) And are you the clay? Well, then isn't it, my workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That's who we are, isn't it? You realize what He is doing is trying to create a great picture for you, and you and I don't even get to see it. We're looking right. Have you ever have you ever gotten uh, you know like a uh, a woven tapestry type thing? We were given one of those. Um, Melanie and I were given one of those. I think for one of the boys. Uh, I can't remember. This is arc. It's an arc picture. It's awesome. looks great. The front side looks great. If you flip it over, it doesn't look like anything. It's just weird colors, and it's just kind of, it doesn't look right. It just looks weird. And we're looking at our lives, and you know what we're looking at? We're looking at that back side, and it doesn't really look like anything. It doesn't make sense to us. The colors are there, but the colors are all kind of Swirled around and not in the right place, and things don't seem to look the way that we think they should. And then the Lord flips it over and He goes, This is all I'm doing. And you realize He has never made an ugly picture? You realize this? Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Even that is precious. In his sight. Isn't that amazing? We think all of these terrible things and we think all of the awful and all of the mess and all of the bad. And could it be that the Lord has a better plan than you and I do? Could it be that the troubles and the problems, as you look back over the year, you go, I really didn't like this and I didn't really like that. Isn't that some of the times when the best times show up because God shows up in the storms and the trials and the troubles? We find that He is greater in the house of mourning than in the house of mirth. We learn more in those days than we do in all the days of greatness. We learn more when we suffer and when we have trouble and when we have trial and tribulation because we find out there's a great God who comforts those who are in any trouble. And He starts to teach and He starts to move and He starts to get us to grow. And maybe you could go ahead and be a little bit better at having faith that God knows what He's doing. Faith to accept, hey, God's got it under control and I may not, <laughs> but He does. And I don't know what he's doing, because quite frankly, it looks like a really ugly painting from my side. But he says, you just wait till you get to glory and I flip it over. You'll see the wonder that I got to see. And he's painting that picture of your life, but you, you and I, we just don't recognize it very well. Could you have faith? Maybe you just need to go, Lord, increase my faith. To do what? To trust that he knows what he's doing. Even in the hard times, even in the rough times, even when it doesn't seem good. I bet you can look back over this last year and go, I wasn't very accepting there and I wasn't very accepting there. I know I can. Murmuring and complaining and unhappy about this and unhappy. And God, how come? Maybe we need to just increase our faith a little bit and say, hey. I can accept what God's doing because I know God's doing something. You know, it's one thing. I didn't have this down, but you you know, it's one thing when you're dealing with somebody and they just don't do anything. Right. They're they're inactive. And the only reason there's still a problem is because they're not doing anything. Right. They're just sitting there like. Because they don't really care. But we already know that's not who God is. God cares. Say, well, he's delaying. Well, the only reason he'd delay is for your benefit. Isn't that amazing? You realize that when he delays for four days and he doesn't go and get Lazarus and heal him, is so that he could do something even greater for them so that they could see the wonder who he is. The suffering was there. The tribulation was there. The trial was there. The problem was there. The suffering and the hurt and the grief and all of that was there. And he shows up. And if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. And he says, I know. (laughs) What love right there, right? I know. Well, it's obvious. If I would have been here, I wouldn't have died. That's pretty apparent. But don't worry, he's going to rise. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. He's going to rise. You know, you got that woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. She goes, right? She wastes all of her money. She wastes all of her time. She goes and does all those. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't get healing right away. And then Jesus shows up. Well, why'd he make her suffer for 12 years? why did he do that? Why did... His glory, He knows. And she reaches over and touches the hem of His garment and she gets it. Gets it all taken care of at once. It's strange to me too, you know, the Lord, the Lord goes ahead and He takes one blind guy and He spits in His eyes. <laughs> he takes another guy and just heals him. He takes another guy and rubs dirt in His face. He takes, they're all blind people, like, what are you doing? Why didn't you do it the same way every time? There must be a reason. Because it's part of his tapestry of what he's doing. I'll let you look at that later. Would you be willing to say, you know, I, you know where I'd like to grow? I'd like to increase my faith that I'd be able to accept what God has for me. I'd be able to, I, I hope I can do that better this year than last. Look over Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter twelve, these kind of go hand in hand, but they are slightly different right here. I'd want I'd want faith to go ahead and accept what God has, what his plan is. Romans chapter twelve, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good. And acceptable and perfect will of God. He says back just a few chapters in Romans chapter 6, he says that we ought to yield ourselves to God. Not to yield ourselves as members of, as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield ourselves unto God. You know, not only would I want to have faith to accept God's plan. I would want to be yielded to God's will. You know, you can go ahead and accept God's plan and accept that he has one and not want to yield to his plans. Surrendering. How many times this past year, don't don't try and figure it out, it'll be too many. How many times did you interfere with God's plan? Because you got in the way of God's will. You didn't get in the way doing God's will. You got in the way. (laughs) You messed things up. You tripped up the idea of what he was going for. You made the mess. We made a lot of messes. I know I did. I made a lot of mistakes. You look back and if you go ahead and start thinking of all the mistakes that you and I made, praise God, he forgets all about them. Praise God, He forgives us and He eliminates and He erases and He's merciful and He's gracious. But boy, if I could do something over, if I could try something to do something better, how about yielding to what God's plan, what God's will and purpose is for your life? He's got a plan for you, He's got a purpose for you. Not only does he have a plan and laid out and what he wants and how he wants it done, he also has a purpose for why he has it going that direction. There's also, there's an end result for him. There's a goal for what he wants to accomplish in your life. Just like he has a goal in mind. And the end result that we get is getting to where he is in full control and we're yielded to him where we resign our will, we put ours down, right? We're crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. And instead we go ahead and yield ourselves to God as opposed to doing whatever it is we want to do. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could grow in that area of your life? Grow and just say, Lord, you know what, I'm going to yield today. And you actually let Him have control. We do a lot of things on autopilot. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to describe it. We're just, we're on auto drive. We, we don't consider what he'd want. Instead, we do everything just, I know what to do, so I'm just going to keep doing. And we never get his input. If we'd acknowledge him, he could direct our paths. You ever, you ever have somebody that you're, uh, you're trying to get their attention It happens to me in here. I've got guys in the back like security guys. Brother Thomas does it to me all the time just because he's trying to, he wants to let me know, hey, there's something in the entryway. I totally had no idea there was a bunch of stuff in the entryway on this side. I don't know if it's still there, but if it is, take it, all right? I don't know what it is, but take it, all right? Uh, Get it out of here. Uh, And so if you can use any of that, Take it, uh, but uh, constantly, You know they they want me to announce something, or something came in, and they need me to you know, and they, or I forgot an announcement, and they're waving at me, and they're trying to get my attention. You know, if I don't acknowledge them, that means I didn't even look. I didn't. I didn't. It didn't register at all what they were trying to do. They were trying to help me, but if I don't acknowledge their presence. <laughs> Or acknowledge the wave and them trying to get a hold of me. Then they have zero input on what I am doing. That's the way most Christians live with God. He has virtually no input on what they're doing. They don't acknowledge him. So he never gets to direct anything. (laughs) Instead, they go ahead and meander about their life the same way they did as when they were lost. Well, this sounds good, and they may have a little bit more morality. They may have a little bit more character. They may have a little bit more of the Bible in them automatically, so it helps them make good decisions as opposed to completely stupid decisions. But still, they don't ever ask God because they don't need to. I'm just going to keep... How about we yield? You know, it's funny because yield, of course, the idea is surrender. Surrender. Do you yield, you know? But then we also drive down the road and you have a yield sign. You're supposed to slow down and make sure that everything is safe for you to proceed. Right? That's the idea. The idea is you slow down, you look, make sure you're not going to get, someone's going to smash into the side of your car or anything, and you slow down, you take a look, and you make sure everything's okay, and it's clear for you to do what you're about to do. You know what that would be in a Christian's life? I know what I'm supposed to do. I know how I'm supposed to do this. Lord, am I doing the right thing right here? And give him an acknowledgement. Lord, I'm about to make a choice that I, I think I know what I'm doing. And maybe just acknowledge him. Just, Lord, am I, am I good? Am, am I doing the right thing here? Wouldn't that be amazing? And he may just go, drive on. But he may go, no, you're about to get hit. You're not going to like what's about to come. Your logic has failed. You better pump the brakes before you go. And He'd save you from some things. Wouldn't it be amazing if we were yielded to Him all year long? That the most, the most decisions, all of those decisions that we make, we make thousands of decisions a day. Most are automatic. Most are insignificant, you'd say. But we make thousands upon thousands. I think it's somewhere around 32 to thirty. 5,000 decisions a day for an average human being. And God is acknowledged in how many of those for you? It seems as though it's probably low. But boy, if we could yield to God's will, we could get to His purpose. How wonderful would that be? You know, we live in a world, and I need to hurry, just Because I I feel like I'm preaching long. But we live in a world where most people feel they have no purpose whatsoever. There's no purpose. What's the meaning of life? Why am I here? And we know, you know, thou art worthy, O Lord, receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things. But listen, why does God have you here? What are you doing? Well, if you're yielded to him, you know what he'll reveal? Hopefully, he'll reveal a purpose. What what does he want you to be able to do? There's a means that he's leading you in. There's a plan that he has. There's a purpose at the end. But as we walk in this life, you know what he's doing? He's directing our steps here today so that by the time we reach tomorrow, we're exactly where we're supposed to be. You know, if you're yielded today... You'll be right where you're supposed to be tomorrow. One day at a time. Sufficient unto the day is the evil there. Oh, that's why it's just one day. Just one. If I finish today where I'm supposed to today, I will pick up tomorrow exactly where He wanted me. I think it'd be good to have that in my life a little bit better next year. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. What would you like to add? I'd like to add faith to accept God's plan. I'd like to go ahead and yield a whole lot more to God's will and purpose in my life. Psalm 103 Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, I want, to be? I want to be more thankful for God's blessings. I know we did, we did some testimonies and we were thankful. We did them at Thanksgiving. We've done testimonies here and there. You know, I feel like I don't thank him as much as I ought to. I mean, he daily loadeth us with benefits, he says over in Psalm 68. Daily loadeth us with benefits. You know, the benefits of being a child of God are so innumerable, we can't even fathom what we just are given. Kevin was talking about getting saved at a young age and what we're given. Solomon was the object of Sunday school. He is the lesson today. And he was handed. He was handed everything. He's handed. He's handed all the all the wealth that he needs. He's handed a full kingdom in peace and prosperity. He's gone ahead and in a in a little bit. uh, I think next week uh, you're going to hear about the wisdom that God gave him because he asked for it. He got everything. He's got wisdom to rule. He's got the wealth. He's got the power. He's got all of it. And he's got everything he needs to build the temple. And he's got peace in his time. No problems. He is gift-wrapped for him. And he messed it all up. He goes from being a type of Jesus Christ to a type of the Antichrist by the time he's done. You talk about falling from greatness. You and I have been (laughs) gift-wrapped. salvation you've been gift wrapped a bible you've been given all of the truth just handed to you we are we aren't struggling and fighting for our freedom to go ahead and have a bible and possess it i've got i've got a dozen bibles maybe more i don't even know i we can walk into this room over here anybody missing not have a bible i walk in there i can grab one of Two cases worth of Bibles almost. We just got them in. I had to restock. We just give them away. We have so many Bibles. I'm fine with that. But the truth is, you and I have things so abundant to us. Our troubles and our trials are virtually nothing. For the most part. Compared to what other people in the world have to deal with. I... Really, I mean, we worry about, well, you know, uh, I really want I really want Chinese food and there's not a good enough Chinese food plate. Like, that's our problem right there. Like, these are, these are our serious issues right here. <sighs> I really want this, but I can't quite get that today. So I guess I'll have to settle for one of a thousand other foods in the world, right? I mean, it is ju- it's so replete. You can have just about anything you want. At a moment's notice, we walk into grocery stores. It's lined, and you have money, and you have all the. Most of the time, we aren't struggling. We aren't wondering, "Boy, am I actually going to be able to eat today?" Most of the time, it's, "Boy, I overate today." (laughs) That's usually the direction we go. And you know what we forget? We forget to thank Him for just being so good to us. I mean, forget about the idea of salvation. Forget about the idea of all the spiritual blessings He gave you. Just the physical ones alone would take you forever to continually thank Him. But on top of that, all the spiritual blessings. What a wonder He's given to us. Not only that, but He also goes ahead and Lamentations chapter 3, his mercies are renewed every morning and his compassions, they fail not. If it's not enough for all the things he's given you, imagine the things he hasn't given you. I'll say that again. That was pretty good. Imagine all the things he hasn't given you. The problems he's kept out of your life. The troubles you should have had. The reaping for the sowing that you did that you didn't reap because God was merciful. The compassion he had and reached down and even though you were in trouble, he still reached down and did something amazing for you. He was still the God of all comfort. He was still the God that was near and not far. He was still the God who says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He was still the one who in troublous times shows up and shows himself strong again. It is a wonder that you and I are not consumed, but His mercies and His compassions, they fail not. Boy, I wish I were more thankful. You know, most of the time, a world lives, and the day that we live in, you know where it is? Unthankful. Earmark of our last days. And it's crept into our lives. And we become unthankful and self-deserving and we look around and say, well, I'm entitled to all these things. And God says, you're entitled to food and raiment. <laughs> I was talking to the teens this morning. I had fun teaching the teens today. Uh, I enjoy I don't get to hang out with them very often. And so when I get to, I enjoy myself. And so uh, I like them. We have some good teenagers in this church, by the way. Appreciate that. Um, but uh, I was over there, I was teaching, and I mentioned that idea of the church and the idea the church now is uh, we don't need a building and we don't need chairs and we don't need all this stuff if we're standing outside gathered together underneath a tree we're still the church it's just how it is that's who we are Uh, we're just gathered together that is who we are we're the church But you know what what is amazing is that God goes ahead and gives you a building and He gives you a place and He lets you sit in comfort and you're you're comfortable and you're warm and you're protected and you're safe and secured. That's just the blessings of God. We forget them often. Look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm almost done. Last one. It's not even 8 o'clock. All right, I'm doing great. Doing pretty good. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'd love to have faith to accept God's plan. I'd love to be yielded to God's will and purpose. I'd love to be more thankful for the blessings that God has given. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 9. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. You know what I'd like? I'd like to be living with God accepting what I'm doing. Isn't that wonderful? Now I know we're accepted in the beloved, right? The eternal side, you and I are accepted, we're taken care of, we're not going to be turned away and all the things, right? All that I understand. But there are certain things in this life that are acceptable and not acceptable <laughs> in the eyes of God. There's behavior in our lives. He tells us to live as becometh the saints. right? There's certain things that we do that are becoming. They, they fit the fact that you and I are called saints. He wants us to live righteously and justly. Be ye holy, for I am holy. All the verses, we've got them all. We've got a myriad of verses. We could just keep piling them on of how we're supposed to live and what we're supposed to do. And we're supposed to come out from among them and be ye separate. Say the Lord, we're supposed to do this. But you know what? Ultimately, what it really boils down to is this. I would love to please him more than anybody else. The rule is, if I please God and I make everybody else mad, it doesn't matter. But oftentimes, you know what we do? We look around to see if anybody's going to be bothered by what we're about to do. I don't want to make waves. I don't want to cause a problem. I don't want... Okay, but you'd rather make waves with your Savior than you would with your family. You'd rather make waves with the God of the universe than you would with your friends and your coworkers. You'd rather go ahead and make waves with God than you would with the other people around you, even the cashier who you're going to see for five seconds and walk away, and they're probably never going to see you again. That's the reality. The reality is our trouble is that we don't care if we're accepted by Him. We want to be accepted by everybody else. That's our flesh right there. Our flesh is just, I want to be loved. I want people to love me. I want to be likable. Now, I know I preach sometimes as if I don't care if anybody likes me or not, all right? But I do like it if people like me. I really do. I want to be liked. I'm not very likable at times, but I want to be liked. People want to be liked. Even if they're an introvert, you know what? They still want to be liked. They don't want to be hated. They may not like to be the outgoing person. Sometimes they wish they were the outgoing person. But they don't, it's not like they hate everybody in that respect. They would like to be looked upon well. But the truth is, we make enemies very quickly when we choose Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came not to say, he, he came not to bring peace but a sword. And to be a divider of men. There is no more polarizing of a human being that has ever been than Jesus Christ. <laughs> Either He is exactly who He said He is, and He's the Son of God who gave His life a ransom for many and died for our sins and was buried. He was God manifest in the flesh, so He rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Either He is that or He is nothing. And most of the world says He's nothing. Nothing. And when they try to hold him up, the best they come to is he was a prophet, he was a good man, he was a great teacher, he was this, he was that. They fall way short of him being God manifest in the flesh, the son of God who gave his life for you. They come way short of that. And you know what? You can either go ahead and be with them, or you can be with him. There's an old story of a man... And he was, you know, collecting tickets as people come up to the train, right? He's the guy, holds the tickets, punches the ticket, makes sure you're good, let you on the train. And the conductor's standing there, and he's, he's punching, and he's making sure everybody's good to go. And this man comes up, and he can't seem to find his ticket. And the man says, uh, I'm sorry, I, can't, get, I can't, let you on the, can't let you on the train without a ticket. And he says, what do you mean you can't, I bought the ticket, I just can't find it. He said, yeah, but if you can't find it, you can't give it to me. And if you can't give it to me, you can't get on the train. And he starts cursing and swearing at the conductor. He's going ahead and just yelling at him and calling him all sorts of names. And everything else gets so escalated, the police are stepping over because they were there. And they stepping over and escorting this man aside. And the man, the next man in line steps up and he says, boy, you don't seem to be a very popular man today. And he says, you see that man over there? This man in this little glass box over there. Man in charge, his supervisor. He says, if he's happy, I'm happy. And it doesn't matter to me if everybody else hates me. As long as he's happy. Christian. It doesn't matter if anybody else is mad at you, unhappy with you, doesn't like what you're doing, doesn't care about you. None of that stuff matters. As long as God is happy, you're all set. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh his enemies, even to be at peace with him. Well, they don't like me. Don't worry, you please the Lord long enough, you know what your enemies will do? They'll calm down. I don't believe that. Then you don't believe the Bible. I can't do anything for you then. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. They'll quiet down eventually. You just keep pleasing the Lord. Because you know the problem is? The problem is this. You cave and you don't keep pleasing him. And then your enemies have grounds to go against you. But Daniel gets put in a lion's den overdoing what God would be accepting of as opposed to what the law was. The lions were at peace with Daniel. And the next morning his enemies were also at peace. And the lions were fully contented by that point. You say, well, they didn't quiet down. They certainly quieted down just a few moments after they stopped screaming in the bottom of a lion's den. And they had nothing more to say about it. You say, "That's a funny way for him to go ahead. Sometimes that's the way he gets rid of your enemies. Other times he converts them and Saul becomes Paul. The Lord can do what he wants. If they're willing to yield, if they're willing to go ahead and trust him, he'll go ahead and bring them over. And if they won't, well, the choice of their actions it's their decision. The consequences come and there it is. But whatever they do doesn't make any difference for what you do. We already know the verse. I already quoted it. Thou art worthy, O Lord, receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. You know don't be amazingly acceptable of him? You know what he would accept? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Say, what do you want? I want more faith to be accepting of God's plans. Wouldn't that please him? Wouldn't it make you more acceptable in his sight to go ahead and say, hey, God, I don't know what your plan is, but I trust you've got a plan. And I don't like the plan today, the threads are a little dark. But it's okay. Cuz you got a plan. I'll trust you. So what I'll do is I'll yield so that I can get that good acceptable perfect will of God in my life. And so I'll yield by faith to your will and your purpose. And I'll be thankful cuz I know you'll bless me. Isn't that isn't that wonderful? He'll bless you for doing what? Doing what you were supposed to do. (laughs) It's amazing because you and I get, well done, thou good and faithful servant, when the reality is we're unprofitable servants and have done only that which is our duty to do. What a contrast. God looks at you and he says, well done. And you and I just go, all I did was what you asked. We could do no more than that. And if we did that, you know what we would be? Acceptable. He'd accept it. And you know what you'd have in 2024? You'd have probably the best year of growth you've ever had as a Christian. Because you were willing by faith to trust that God has a plan. You would be willing to yield to God's will and His purpose. You'd be thankful for God's blessings and you'd be living in God's acceptance. Maybe that's what you ought to desire for twenty twenty-four. Let's go ahead and stand. If you need to come tonight, probably won't be the last invitation. We'll at least have one more, right? The Spirit of the Bride say, Come, Brother John. That last invitation. Maybe you need to just go, Lord, I'd love to have some more of that in my life. I'd love to grow. And grow with a purpose. Maybe there's some things I didn't mention about maybe your prayer life or maybe this or maybe you're witnessing. And maybe, there's plenty of areas we can grow. There's, there's plenty. Of, we got lots of time to grow if the Lord tarries. And we've got a long way to go anyways. Maybe you'd look around and you'd just say, Lord, I'd love to just spend a little more time with you in my Bible. I'd love to spend, maybe you just need to grow in some areas. Maybe you need to go, Lord, I desire. This is what I want. I have an idea. The pastor didn't say it tonight. That's fine. What the, Lord's... the Lord will give you some things. And Lord, I want to increase there. Help me. Because you can increase with a purpose. Father, I do pray you would bless our year coming up and bless our night. We love you. We pray you would continue to work in Jesus name. Amen.